The reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 to 31, and can be found on page 1145 in the Red Bibles. One Corinthians chapter one, verses 26 to 31. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards, not many were influential, not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not, to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Sophie for that. Well, as we said at the beginning, tonight is our second session on disability, and tonight Karen is going to be helping us think much more practically than last time about how we as a church can include disabled people into the life of the church. But before we do that, though, I'll briefly reiterate for us the heart of what the Bible has to say. And it's only briefly because we've got a lot to do tonight, and we don't want to be here till kingdom come. So just a very quick sort of summary of what we looked at last time. And I'll start by contrasting it, uh, what the Bible has to say, with two principles that we see in the world around us. On the one hand, we often hear the argument that some are weak and some are strong. For example, that people's value is defined by their productivity by what they can produce economically. We've all seen newspaper headlines like this. Oh, sorry, next slide. Like this. We've all seen newspaper headlines like this. But what underlines this? Underlying this is the assumption that you're either useful or useless. And of course, the problem is that this dehumanizes people. It says essentially that there are people who are of lesser value, who are worth less because they contribute less of whatever we decide that they need to contribute. That's one side of the way we often see in the world. On the other hand, though, if we go the opposite way to the world, we often hear the phrase, You're perfect just the way you are. Look at that. Isn't that lovely? When you get that for a friend. But of course, the problem with this is that we all know, especially those close friends that we might get it for, that actually people aren't perfect, are they? What this kind of pretty picture often ends up doing is freezing us in our current state. You know, just saying this to someone doesn't encourage people to see that they are a sinner, just as we confessed that we're a sinner in need of a saviour to change for the better. It sort of freezes people in their current 
ways and their current outlooks on life. You know, it encourages, it encourages obnoxious people in their, obnoxious peop- in their obnoxiousness. You know, Mr. Obnoxious, you're perfect just the way you are. No, you're not. You're obnoxious. It encourages arrogant people in their arrogance, selfish people in their selfishness, and so on. That's not to judge. I'm full of these things. We all are. The point is that just to say you're perfect, just to say the way you are, fails to miss this. Of course, we see it best of all. Maybe you've come across this now classic phrase, if you don't love me at my worst, then you don't deserve me at my best. Hands up, who's heard that phrase? Not so many. Maybe it's, maybe it's just me. I don't know. Um, or perhaps as Flanders would say in The Simpsons, if you can't handle me at my diddliest, you don't deserve me at my doodliest. <laughs> so the reality is neither of these positions are great, are they? One that demonizes and dehumanizes people and one that lets people stay in their imperfect state. But the good news is That's where the Bible comes in. The Bible tells us in Genesis 1 to 3 that we are all of equal and precious value of being made by our creator God in God's image. So that's the next slide. And yet it also teaches us that because of the fall, we are all people who mess up and make mistakes and need to change. We're all sinful, and there are no exceptions to that. No matter how rich, or clever, or good-looking, or popular, or whatever it is we are, we all have to admit our weaknesses and see our need for God. And that means that there's equality, Because there's no place for any of us to think ourselves better than anyone else. None of us can think that we are any better than anyone else. We were all both beautiful and broken. But our reading tonight shows that the Bible doesn't just end there. The truth of the good news, as we see in our reading from 1 Corinthians tonight deliberately upends what we would expect. Because Paul says that God deliberately uses those that the world so often leaves behind, those the world so often ignores. God uses those that the world views as weak to build his kingdom. And so if we as a church only prioritize those that the world views as strong— and we too ignore those that the world views as weak, well, our passage tonight tells us we aren't listening to God. We aren't listening to how he works in the world. And of course, we're forgetting our own weakness in that, our own sinfulness. And we're downplaying the beauty and worth of all our brothers and sisters in Christ. So being aware of people with disabilities can help us recognize that we all have areas where we struggle and where we need to make allowances for one another. Maybe it can help us to be more real about our own struggles, more open about our own weaknesses, not pretending that we have to have it all together all the time. Maybe it will help to make us more compassionate when it comes to dealing with others. 
All this sounds hard. But of course, when we think of what Jesus went through for us, none of us have any right to say it's too hard. It's too much effort to make our church the way God wants it to be. Because it's Jesus' church. He has done it for us. For all our sakes. Because we all need each other. We should be the church that God is making us and calling us to be. We should be a church encouraging full participation of all God's people. You see, the church is incomplete. And our own walks in the Christian life are incomplete until this is done. So that's our little summary now over to Karen. (laughs) Hi, everyone. I'm Karen, if we haven't met yet. um, And I'm the disability coordinator at Platt. Um, So there's two aspects to this. Firstly, raising awareness of disability. And we looked at some core ideas on this in the first disability service. And secondly, I'm here to listen to disabled people in the congregation and their friends and families about the challenges they face accessing flat services and other groups so that together we can see what can be done to help. And this is the aspect that we're going to be looking at more in this service. So in the disability service last month, Jack helped us look at three main disability models. And then I took us through a handout, thinking first about our personal attitude to disabled people. And then we looked at the church's attitude to those with a disability. If you missed the service, it was recorded, and it can be found on the Platt Church website under the heading Sundays and then Talks. Uh, So as you look at the screen... You can see a slide showing the four models of inclusion. We talked about this last time, starting top left with exclusion, where disabled people are not in church at all, either because of the buildings or because they found people in the church weren't friendly or didn't consider their needs. Then you might have thought that disabled people are either included or excluded, But the diagrams show that there is segregation where disabled people can't access all the services and groups that other members of the church can. In the feedback at the last disability service, it was said that the prospects group seems like segregation because it's a separate group. However, in my mind, prospects is like a large house group for adults with learning disabilities where their needs for simpler Bible teaching can be met. It's just like we have separate groups for students, separate groups for our young people, groups to meet their needs. And members of all these groups can still come to the main church services with everyone else. Uh, Bottom left, we have integration, where disabled people are welcome within existing services and groups, but they need to be the ones who adapt and fit in with what's happening already. And then finally, bottom left, we have inclusion, sometimes called accessible church. This is where church buildings and services, groups and people's attitudes are changed to welcome those with disabilities as full serving members of the church family participating in worship equally. And this is what we would like to think about more this evening. How can we be a church which identifies 
and removes barriers to disabled people being able to fully belong and serve in our church. We're going to do this by imagining that we are a person with a certain disability. We're going to do this in groups. So what we'd like to do, what we'd like you to do is to get into groups of approximately five people, which might mean that some of you need to move. Um, and Jack, maybe help with others, are going to come round and give um, a scenario to each group. Now, I'll just explain. Well, oh, oh, no, I won't yet. Hang on. So there are four different scenarios, as you can see on the screen. So several groups may have the same scenario. So if you'd like to move now to get into groups of approximately five people, and then Jack is going to come round and hand them out. doesn't have to be exactly five. So just while Jack is handing those out, I'll just explain what they all are. So you'll get given a piece of paper. So the first scenario you might be given is that you're a person with a hearing impairment. So you rely on lip reading and you struggle to follow conversations in the church building because there's a lot of background noise. We might all identify with the lot of background noise in church buildings, especially in the breakout space. Um, The second scenario, if you've been given that one, is that you're a person with sight loss. So you can't see the screen clearly enough to read the words on it. Or see the pictures. Maybe you can read large print copies of the words which we tend to have available at the back and you might need others to guide you around the church building. Or if you've been given the third scenario is that you have a learning disability. So you tend to take words at face value. You may not be able to read or read well and even if you can actually read the words you may not understand what they mean. So you enjoy the worship, but you can't follow the talk given by the preacher. Sorry, Jack. (laughs) And the fourth scenario is that you have mobility issues and you use a wheelchair or a mobility scooter to get around. So as it says on your bit of paper, whichever scenario you've been given, uh, please chat in your group and decide what are the three things that you would struggle with in church and what would you want the church to do about them? And this evening, we're going to be sharing communion later, so you can have a think about that as well. Um, Hopefully, somebody in the group has got a pen, because we'd quite like you to write your ideas down. Um, And then (laughs) everybody's now going to rummage for pens. (laughs) Um, So we won't have the chance for everybody to share back, but we will ask a group that have done each scenario to share what you've discussed So do nominate someone who's prepared to speak out for your group. And we're going to collect all the bits of paper at the end, so do please write something down. And then we can all benefit from your thoughts. As somebody once said, disability inclusion is more than lifts, loos, and loops. It's all about joining in, feeling welcome, and accepted. So, do we chat?
Welcome back, everyone. I hope you've had some interesting discussions in your groups. I have a feeling that this is the sort of subject where one could actually talk for quite a long time, but in the interest of you going home this evening at all, let's come back together. So Jack's got a microphone, and um, if whoever's been looking at scenario one could put their hand up, and then Jack will choose somebody to speak. And while Jack's getting himself to the group, for those who weren't looking at um, this situation, so scenario one is where you're a person with a hearing impairment, and you rely on lip reading, and you struggle to follow conversations in the church building because there's a lot of background noise. So group one, what have you come up with, with what you might struggle with with church and what you might like the church to do about it? Um, we talked about that there's not clear signing if someone uses an audio loop, like where, where is it? Um, we talked about the echo in the breakout space. Um, perhaps um, in sermons, if you miss something, if there was like fuller notes on the screen, so if you didn't hear it, you can still see what the main points are. Mm. Yeah, good points, good points. Thank you. And have you, did you get around to looking at what you might want the church to do about? Um, yeah, so the um, notes um, yeah. for the sermon and the clear signing. Yeah, the clear signing. Yeah, lovely. Anyone else who looked at scenario one? Sophie's group around the other side. Go on, Jack. Got a jog around the church. <laughs> As Sarah does in the mornings. <laughs> so we also said, like, different environments. So in the breakout space, for example, that's quite a harsh environment, whereas in here, where you've got the carpet, like when we were all talking there, actually you could hear, well, we could hear quite well what people were saying. Um, maybe also like the distance to the front, if they're relying on lip reading, it's maybe harder if they're sat towards the back. Um, we also talked about maybe the idea um, that it, there may be a bigger stigma around hearing loss than there would be um, like a sight impairment. Because if you think, like an example, if you needed to sit nearer the front, you could do that quite discreetly if you needed to see the, the front a bit better. But if you actually needed access to loops, you're probably going to have to ask for some help but there's a, potentially a more of a stigma around that that you might be less willing to do that. Um, and we also talked about the social impact, that it might be quite hard to get to know people because if you came, found it hard to chat to people, couldn't hear people, you might be less likely to come back. So that impact on getting to know people and feeling part of church family. And we didn't look at the next bit. But that's, there we are. <laughs> that's fine. That's great. Thank you very much. Yes, I think isolation is quite a big thing for people with hearing loss because if you can't hear what other people are saying then you can't join into you can't join in with conversations and so unless you can talk one-on-one -on -one with someone in a quieter space it's very difficult difficult socially to join in with church family stuff um so thank you yeah great points everyone um just to let you know about a christian charity called open ears um, on their website, it says that one in six people have some degree of hearing loss. That's about 12 million people. That is a lot of people. <laughs> Most of these people wear hearing aids, and they don't know or use 
uh, sign language. So they do very much rely on lip reading, uh, a good environment to be able to hear people, smaller groups, and all that sort of stuff. Um, on their website, it's got some top tips for churches to be deaf aware and also about lip reading. So if that's of any interest to you, then do go and look at their website. Uh, let's move on to scenario two. Put your hand up, anybody who's got scenario two. Um, and for those who weren't looking at this scenario, this is where you're a person with sight loss. Um, so the Royal National Institute for the Blind says that more than 2 million people are estimated to be living with sight loss in the UK. And not those, and not those people like me who've got it corrected with glasses, but far more significant sight loss. And about 340,000 people are registered blind. Um, and there's a Christian charity called Torch Trust, which has got some great resources to help with welcoming and supporting blind and partially sighted people in church and how to become a sight-loss-friendly church. So I think we've got a slide for that one. We've got the Torch Trust one. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> so anyway, let's hear from um, the group who looked at the, um, the sight-loss. Um, we said the first thing might just be actually getting into the church, like coming around the corner or getting through the door. Um, the second thing might be reading words on the screen. Obviously, there are like big print sheets available, but if someone's completely blind, that's still difficult. Um, the third thing we said would be getting to the bathroom, because getting through the chair aisles could be difficult, or getting past people. Um, the other thing we said was it might be difficult being dependent on others, even if there are people available to help with like getting to the bathroom or getting to your seat, it still wouldn't be nice if you can't find them, or you don't know where you're going, being dependent on others for church. Um, for solutions, we said having people available every week and the person would know where they would be, like having someone on the door or like in a specific place to go to each week. Um, we also said braille sheets or braille Bibles if someone was completely blind and couldn't read the big prints. Um, the last thing we said was actually asking people rather than saying, you know, this might help, this might help, because none of us in our group have experienced blindness so we don't know what people actually need for help so talking to people to find out what they actually need yeah and I think that that, that last point is a really great point which we'll talk about later which is you know don't assume that somebody might want this or they might want that because actually they're the people who know what would help them um, so yeah yeah some great points there from for uh, scenario two uh, let's move on to scenario three. Who's got that one? Oh. So while Jack is uh, jogging around the church, um, for those of you who weren't looking at this one, so scenario three is where you have a learning disability. Uh, you tend to take words at face value. You might not be able to read or read well, and even if you can actually read the words, you might not understand what they mean. So you enjoy the worship, but you can't follow the talk given by the preacher. So what have you got for us there? We thought that um, lots of our parts of the church service might not be obvious to everyone what you're supposed to do. So when you come in, where are you supposed to sit to where are you allowed to sit might be a question that people might have if you have a learning disability. Might not be sure whether asking questions in the middle of the service or in the sermon is, is normal or expected or not. And that might be difficult for people with learning disabilities. And there are lots of other things in that category. Um, they might find it harder to get to know people, especially if 
Um, other people find it harder to approach them if they're not exactly sure what the best way to interact with them is. So it could be hard to become a, uh, a settled member of the family. Um, we also thought that services generally might be hard to access. Um, church might be boring if you're sitting there not following, being able to follow what's going on in the sermon or understanding what's being said or especially if things are moving quickly between things. Um, some things that might make this easier for someone in this position, um, this is um, perhaps um, in contrast to someone who is deaf or struggles with hearing. Maybe simpler um, PowerPoint slides. So <laughs> this is the opposite of um, having more stuff on there. Perhaps for someone with learning disabilities, um, simpler or fewer things might help to understand what a main point is in a sermon. Um, we also thought about maybe putting more value into the theme introduction um, or interactive parts of the sermon, which might be more accessible to people with learning disabilities. Um, we also thought about maybe having gaps in the sermon so you could chat to your neighbour to really understand um, perhaps a, a main theme um, so that you're not having to wait till the end. Lots of things are said so you can interact with someone. Maybe that could help. Um, maybe a sheet at the back or somewhere which just says exactly what's going to happen um, so you know what to expect. We thought that could be maybe useful. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks. Yeah, got loads of great ideas there. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, so the main Christian charity that supports and enables adults with learning disabilities is called Count Everyone In. And in, the we- in their website it says there's an estimated uh, 1.5 million adults with learning disabilities and the vast majority of whom don't go into the 40,000 churches in the UK. So there's work to be done uh, inspiring and equipping churches to be welcoming and accessible to everyone, including adults with learning disabilities. Thanks, everyone. And then last but definitely not least, who had uh, the scenario for? Oh, oh, right. No. Um. <laughs> I feel like you guys are closer, but I feel like, I don't know, who, want, who really wants to do it? So scenario four is where you have mobility issues and you use a wheelchair or a mobility scooter to get around. Okay, so um, in terms of things that we believe someone with mobility issues would find difficult, um, it's you know, things like, you know, doors, getting through doors... Um, sort of thinking about, again, getting to the disabled toilet. Um, And I think the theme of uh, respecting people's dignity has been raised. Mm. Um, There's there's an aspect there. Um, Sort of access to all areas of the building, preferably, so in particular our chancel area. Um, There's somebody with mobility issues, um, you know can probably potentially read perfectly well so in terms of being able to read the bible and take part in worship in the same way that everyone else does um sort of thinking about um that um and then the issue of parking i guess um parking close by um but then uh sort of what would you like Platt to do to make things easier for you? The acknowledgement that that has gone out to people to be respectful of the parking area outside. 
um, the fact that there are people with mobility issues that need that area, so, um, so that's good. Um, again, yeah, put someone to bring me coffee. So thinking about um, hospitality afterwards, how does someone with mobility issues access the hatch and um, get a drink? Um, yeah, and then, you know, just the thoughts about um, accessing areas of the building which I've raised previously. I don't know if you guys have got anything else to add. Oh yes, church seating. Um, we didn't have a lot to add, but um, we just thought about where people sat in church and giving them a option so um if you're in a wheelchair you might not be able to see the screen when everyone stands up um but then we thought oh we've got the service sheet so they can be given a service sheet but then also you might want to use the screen so then being told okay so you can come closer to the front or to the sides or like having all those options a bit like someone else said um not assuming what the right answer is but like having lots of options that are available. It's really weird hearing your own voice. <laughs> Sorry, thanks. I think that's pretty much everything else that we had, right? Yeah. Thanks very much, everyone. Um, so there is a charity called Through the Roof, um, which is a charity for all disabled people. And uh, it has three main areas, but one of those is to support and equip churches. Um, it's got various resources, some of which we're using here at Platt. Um, so that's great. So thank you very much, everyone, for your ideas. Um, we will um, collect the bits of paper in, um, or you can hand them to me or Jack or someone at the, at the back, um, and then we can, we can benefit from all of those. So I hope this evening has able, enabled you to become more aware of the challenges faced by, by disabled people and given you some ideas of how we make the church more accessible. They might not, it might not be easy, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't do it, as Jack said in his, uh, in, talk, in his talk. There is so much we don't know, but the brilliant news is that God does know each disabled person, those within the church and the many disabled people who do not come to church. And if we are to be like Jesus, then we are to welcome everyone in and make time for them. Just as if we had a new member of our own family, through birth or adoption or marriage, we would go out of our way to help this new person know they are loved and wanted. So this should be how we are towards disabled people in our church family. So there are two golden rules regarding disability, one of whom we've already talked about. Um, assume nothing, always ask is the first one. So for example, talking about actually what you were saying, Jenny, about assuming that when somebody arrives at church in a wheelchair, they'd like to sit near the front or they'd want a song sheet. Um, and that would be caring, but they might not. <laughs> so just ask them, just ask them, well, where would you like to sit? Um, let them know that we have song sheets. Ask them if they would like one. And at the end of the service, maybe check in and ask them um, if you'd like them to, if you'd like uh, them to get you, like you to get them a cup of tea or coffee. But don't be offended if they say no, because they might not fancy a cup of tea or coffee. <laughs> so the more you have your eyes and your ears open to those around you, the more you can ask if a person needs any help. 
And the other golden rule is nothing about us without us. So in other words, don't make changes that affect disabled people without actually checking in with them that what you're proposing will actually help them. They may have other ideas which may be even more helpful. They are, after all, the expert on their own situation. And then one final thing to mention before I hand back to Jack. So we've had a disability ministry at Platt now for nearly two years, and you might be interested to know some of the things we've been involved in during that time. Um, So we've looked at the language in church, and now those leading usually say, please stand if you're able. Um, It means you don't need to feel bad if, for whatever reason, you can't stand. Um, So we've got some handrails fitted in the ladies' and the gents' uh, toilet cubicles to make those more accessible. Um, We've also looked at our PowerPoints, and we're working towards using clearer fonts and having good contrast between the writing and the background, because that helps people with um, sight issues. Uh, We've now got somebody... Um, in charge of each Sunday morning service to put out tables and chairs in the breakout space so that those who can't stand for long can sit down after the service for a cup of tea or coffee. And it's nice if others choose to sit with them as well to chat so they're not there by themselves. So all of these things might seem uh, small for some, but for those with a disability, they really do make a difference. And if a disabled person starts coming to church, maybe their carer or family will also come. So these changes mean not just one, but maybe several people will hear of God's love for them. So however small it seems, if there's a way that the church can make a difference for you or somebody that you know, then do speak to me. And if you get chatting to someone with a disability in one of the morning services, then do hand them one of these postcards, which has got my email address on, and encourage them to get in touch with me. We all have our part to play, so thanks very much, everyone. And now over to Jack for our communion together as church family.